Okay, well, again, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming. A uh, couple of ground rules for this evening. Uh, please mute your microphones so we don't get background noise or interference so everybody can hear and everybody has an opportunity uh, to gather information as they see fit. Please, if you have questions, type them, excuse me, type them in the chat and we will answer questions at the end. Our plan tonight is to talk for about 35 to 40 minutes and then we'll give you an opportunity to ask questions um, and we'll, we'll work through the list of questions as they get typed into the chat. Um, this evening, we have Anna who will cover the process and give you some important information and dates. Uh, Lieutenant Hernandez will discuss uh, prepping for the interview and, and how to prepare yourself for an interview. Uh, Captain Lim is gonna talk to you about sharing some insight into questions and how to answer and, and some of the things that we value as a fire department. Uh, and then Firefighter Patillo is gonna talk about kind of what it looks like post conditional offer and she'll talk about conditional offer and your first year with the Kirkland Fire Department. So you have an understanding of what you're getting into. Um, this is our last open house. We will do our best to answer as many questions as we can tonight, but we do have a time limit. So be thoughtful with your questions. And then, um, you know, the, the one thing I would, I would also share is it is an, it's an amazing time to be testing with Kirkland. We're growing. We have 25 positions that we have to fill over the next couple of years. And those are ballot measure, ballot funded positions. So we passed a ballot measure in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic with the 75% yes vote, which is amazing. And it, it just speaks to the quality of the individuals in our department and, and how we're viewed by the public. Um, the public voted yes with no doorbelling, no campaigning, just, hey, we need your help. And so it's an amazing time to be hiring because there's lots of opportunity. There's lots of growth. There's lots of new thing, new stations coming online. We just opened station 24, which was our sixth, sixth station. We're building a brand new station 27. Uh, the existing station 27 will become a logistics center. And um, we're remodeling all of our existing stations. So all of the living quarters by the end of 2024, all of our stations will be pretty much brand new on the inside. So uh, it's a great time to, to, to come to Kirkland and, and see what a modernized fire station that's based on the health and wellness of the individuals working there might look like and how nice it is to live in one of those fire stations. A couple of things, and you're going to hear these a couple of times, it's important, repetition matters. A couple of things to think about, um, a couple of things to not do in your interview process. Please do not recite the annual report to us. We know what it says. We know how many calls we go on. We know how many miles of shoreline we go on. We have. We know that we have a bunker gear repair program that repairs bunker gear and inspects bunker gear and saves the city money. We know all that. We don't want to know what you know about us. We want to know about you. What motivates you? Are you a self-starter? What, um, you know, talk about your integrity. Talk about, about your work ethic. Those are the things that we want to hear from you in the interview process. And Lieutenant, Lieutenant Hernandez and Captain Lim and Firefighter Patillo will go into more detail on those. And then something to think about is that we do a behavioral-based interview. Our behavioral-based interview is about you and you sharing information with us about you. And so behavioral-based interviews, you can do a ton of research, and I would recommend that you look online at behavioral-based interviews, and you look online at the STAR method for prepping for behavioral, excuse me, behavioral-based interviews. So with that, 
I'm going to pass it off to Anna and Anna's going to share with you some expectation or some information and some of the process as it relates to our interviews. Okie dokie. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. I am Anna Grimes, the one that you've been getting all the emails from. Um, I'm the admin assistant to the deputy chiefs at City Hall for the fire department. And I run this hiring program. I'm going to do all the logistics and coordinating and work with the hiring committee to get this set up and executed. Um, we start, we try to start with close to 300 applicants as possible. Um, and so that requires a lot of a lot of communication and that's why I want to go through everything step by step I'll go over the dates I'll go over expectations when you check in what happens when you arrive and all of that um, we ask that you really consider your time commitment to this process it's really long it's pretty arduous it it takes a lot of back and forth for the interviews because we do want you to come in person and we understand that it's a, a pretty big strain but we I, you know, we really appreciate that you consider that before you get started um, so that there's not a lot of back and forth or you have to drop out. We would hate that to happen. Can I admit one more person? Okay. Um, so, like I said, all of this applies to the entire interview process. Um, the only thing that really changes is the length of the interviews and how much time you have before the interviews to review the questions. Uh, Kirkland decided a few years back that we want to give you a chance with the questions to review them, collect your thoughts. Um, put together some bullet points you want to talk about and kind of create a structure for your interview and how you want to answer and how you want to represent yourself. So we give you the questions before the interview when you check in. Um, for the speed round, it'll be 10 minutes. You'll have 10 minutes with the questions. Um, so at that, I'll get started with dates. Let's see. Okay, so the speed round, as you all know, hopefully you've already signed up, is next week, 7th, 8th, 10th, and 11th of March. The first panel interview after that is the second interview, but the first panel interview is March 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Uh, the second panel interview and third interview set is April 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. All those dates are in the FAQ uh, that we sent out in your email as well, so you have that to go back and reference. And then our chiefs interviews are as needed, usually end of April, probably into the first half of May or so. And those are on case-by-case -case basis. And you'll just get a phone call, not an email. That being said, the dates that I said for the end of March and beginning of April for the second, third interview, um, don't count on a date being available for you to schedule your interview. If you need to plan ahead, I totally respect that. Totally understand. It's good to plan ahead. If you need to ask for time off, don't choose the last day on those four dates. Don't choose the Thursdays. Choose Monday or Tuesday because it all depends on how many people pass on. If we don't have as many people as we hope pass on, um, then we might drop a day and it'll be at the end of those, those date sets. It won't be at the beginning. So choose the Monday, Tuesday if you need to plan ahead and ask for time off. Um, let's see. Things you need to bring for your interview. We all know ID. Come dressed in business attire, bring your photo identification, bring a mask. Hopefully everybody has a mask by now. It's been a couple of years. Um, you have to wear that the whole time. And then you have to bring proof of vaccination. That can be your card. It can be on your phone. It can be, um, what is it, your, pass, your vaccine passport, you know, whatever you have that shows that you have had your COVID vaccinations, uh, bring that with you. We're going to have somebody from HR in the waiting room to um, check you all in and check your vaccination status, and then also do a short COVID screening and get you through and sent to check in with me. 
All the interview rounds begin at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, during normal business hours. First interviews at 8 a.m. And the last interview time block ends at 5.30 p.m. So if it's anywhere outside of that, it's it's not accurate. We've had a ton of trouble with the doodle poll this week. Uh, it, today, it totally crashed. They're having some maintenance issues, so I'm hoping it'll come back on. I sent out an email a few days ago saying you can email me if your interview time doesn't match the times that I sent out. And that still stands. It's just kind of tentative on when Doodle comes back online. That's the downside to using a web-based program, but it's what we got. So that still stands. Um, Doodle doesn't send a confirmation. Hopefully you know that by now. Um, we have enough spots for everybody, for everybody who's invited. There's probably a few spots here or there. You have until tomorrow afternoon to change your selection if you need to. If you need to change your selection, all you have to do is go back into the poll, pending it's back up online, and change your current selection. You can just edit the one that's already there. That way it doesn't create a new one. You can do that till tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m. tomorrow. That's the cutoff. I want to be able to print the rosters and get everything ready uh, before the weekend so that we're good to go Monday morning. So that's your cutoff tomorrow afternoon. If you have any trouble with that, you can email me. Um, as a reminder, we're inviting you to our process. So when we say we want to see you in person, we want you to bring the proof of vaccination. You know, we want you to be presentable. We don't want you to arrive on time. We're inviting you to the process that we've already created. And we've already spent quite a few years like fine tuning and I've already spent months setting up. So if you can't adhere to the conditions of participation, then you shouldn't come. You know, we expect what we ask of you. And if that can't happen, then it's not gonna work out. Um, we have really quick turnaround times between our interview rounds. So if you need to be expedient to inform us of a status change for your participation in the process, um, I'm pretty good with my email. I generally don't check over the weekend, but during the interview process, I do. So if you need to send me an update for something, please do it right away. I'll be as expedient as I can be as well. You know, it goes both ways. And I wanna be as helpful to you as you are towards us through this process. For after you've done your interview, we know it's really hard to wait to hear if you got through to the next round. It's almost as bad as getting through the interview itself, nerve-wise. Totally understand that. Please don't email me asking if you made it, because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You'll get an email the day and time, by the day and time that I put on the FAQ that went out. You will hear by that date and time that I promised you if you made it to the next round. If you don't hear from me by that date and time, check your Duncan spam email inbox and then know that you'll be hearing from our HR department. They'll inform you if you don't move on to the next round. Uh, been getting a lot of questions about how to get feedback. If you want feedback, if you don't make it and you really wanna know and you really wanna improve, which I suggest you do, um, you can contact our HR department and they will give you either a copy or have you come in to look at a copy of your interview notes from the panel. So you can get feedback, you can see the notes that they wrote and some inkling as to why you didn't pass on and you can take that and practice later. Um, let's see. Arriving and check-in for next week. Here we go. And again, this goes for all interview rounds. The only thing that'll change is the next um, couple interview rounds. You won't have to show proof of vaccination if you already did at the speed round. Um, so next week, bring a mask, wear it, wear it on your way inside, wear it the whole time. Don't take it off. Bring your photo ID. I'll be using that to check you in. I want to get your name spelled right on your cards and vaccination proof, as I said before. You're going to come to the south entrance of City Hall. There's the big main north entrance on top of the hill. 
coming to the south entrance down the hills closer to the water and you can come in um, that main lobby door we're not closed to the public anymore we're open to the public there's still a ring doorbell system on the door you don't need to ring that you can walk right in somebody from hr will be out there or you'll see other people dressed in business wear or i'll be out there and we'll get you started in the process um, you want to show up 15 to 20 minutes prior to your interview this is super important we have a lot of room in our parking lot still people are in the office working but only about half there's a lot of room in our parking lot the upper parking lot street parking get here early get here super early if you live really far away and you know somebody near this area crash at their house the night before get here early because it's it's a very tight process it's scheduled very snugly and we tried our best to accommodate but there's only so much we can do so get here early find a parking spot take a walk if you're super early get a coffee take a deep breath but don't make that something that you have to stress about the day of your interview um, let's see once you get checked in you'll do come in the front door yeah the front door show your vaccination do the COVID screening HR will show you into the main conference room to see me. I'll check you in, I'll get your name, get your information, and then I'll have you take a seat and you have the questions until you get called back for your interview, basically. So you'll have at least 10 minutes with the questions. You can sit down, review them, get your thoughts collected, think about what you want to say. How do you want to present yourself? What are things that you think are important for us to know? How do you want to sell yourself? That's your time. Um, and then the panel members will, will come to me, they'll get your information from me, and then they'll call you back for your interview. Uh, once your interview is finished, the panel will direct you how to leave the room, depending on which room you go to. Um, if you're told to leave out a different door than you came in, that's normal. We just try to minimize the amount of um, foot traffic going through City Hall, um, because we still have our own rules within City Hall about, you know, the social distancing and everything else. So we try to keep that a minimum for the other coworkers that are there. Um, and then again, plan ahead. We don't have wiggle room for rescheduling. And I'm not working at my desk. I'll be down, I'll be down in the conference room every day, the whole day for the hiring process. So if you have to call to say I'm running late, I'm not going to get the phone call until later that night when I'm back up at my desk. So get here early, show up when you can. We all know stuff happens, but you know, plan for every inconvenience so that you're successful. And then the last things, last few things are just kind of reminders. We're still not doing ride-alongs with tours or station tours. Um, and when you're in the hiring process, when it starts, which technically is when you got your invite from us. So February 15th, I think it was, um, February 15th, that's when the interview process started. And at that point, we ask that you don't try to contact KFD personnel. Um, you don't try to, you know, show up at a station and just say hi and to get a face with the name. We know that other places might have told you that's a good thing to do. Once our process starts, we try to keep it as unbiased as possible, and we don't want that interference that might, you know, sway panel members one way or the other. I mean, it's, it, it could be a good thing, it could be to your detriment, but you just never know. So um, this is your time now to ask questions and get information that um, you want clarification on. Um, but after this, it's, you know, show up when you sign up, email me if you have questions about signing up or that kind of process. But other than that, you know, we just ask that you don't reach out. Um, let's see. Be considerate of other candidates participating in this process as well. This is about your experience with us. I know it's really easy to think about everybody else in that room as competition. Um, 
especially when you're being told you're interviewing us 300 other people. Totally get that. But this is your experience with us. This is your time to communicate with us everything that you want to. And that being said, you know, everybody else is in the same boat. Everybody else is starting on the same level playing field. Everybody else got invited with the same clean slate. And um, you want to be as respectful to them as you would like them to be to you. We've had people come into the conference room and sit down and kind of take over the room and try to engage and talk with everybody. And I just ask that you read the room. And I know that some of you might see friends and people you've been in the academy with or gone to classes and trainings with, or maybe it is just straight up one of your friends. If you want to chat, that's all cool. It's totally fine. But just keep it, you know, minimum volume and um, try not to be too disruptive because there's going to be some people that just want to take that time to sit there and kind of meditate and really, you know, sit there with the questions and think about getting the right headspace and think about what they want to say. So just read the room, be considerate. And um, yeah, you know, root for everybody else. Everybody's in the same boat. And then my very last thing, it's my favorite one, be nice to the support staff. I'm not gonna be the only one working these interviews. Um, it's gonna be myself and my coworker, Megan, and my other coworker, Jill might stop by. And my supervisor, Audrey might stop by. And you're gonna be meeting people from HR. You're gonna be seeing other city employees walking through the lobby and be nice, be nice to us because we might be your coworker someday and we were paid to remember details and faces. So <laughs> keep that in mind. And then I think we're gonna send it to Captain Lim. Yep, that's right. Uh, just wanna reemphasize, you know, as I was saying, uh, yeah, if you are not nice to Anna and the, the rest of the staff, we will definitely hear about it and the, it will not be a good thing. So uh, be nice to them. Uh, good evening, my name is uh, Captain Lim. Uh, I've been with Kirkland Fire for around 16 years or so. Uh, I've also been pretty heavily involved with the hiring process for the last, I don't know, eight years or so. So if you've been in the interview process at all and have gone to the later rounds, likely you've seen my face, uh, maybe not the last year because of masters and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the, the hiring process is a big passion of mine, um, both in getting the right people uh, into Kirkland Fire, but also helping people in this process, in this journey. And uh, that's just one thing that you should know about this process. It, as Anna was saying, it is a long process and it is a journey. Um, it might take you, uh, some, some of you, several years to get through this, um, but just want to encourage you tonight that it is worth it. It is a great career. Um, there's really not many careers like it that are uh, both really satisfactory and really fulfilling. Um, and so tonight, primarily, I'm going to talk about uh, what type of person Kirkland is looking to hire. Uh, and this is specifically to the city of Kirkland. Uh, as you go through this hiring process, all the job descriptions look really similar from different city to city. Uh, but Kirkland specifically, we really value the, the type of character traits in a person, uh, maybe more uh, than what kind of certificates or past experiences in specifically like fire or medical uh, experiences that you have, um, you know, and maybe traditional employer uh, settings, they're looking for some of those, what can you do for us? What certificates do, do you have? What degrees do you have? Uh, Kirkland Fire, we really don't care about any of those. We don't, uh, having your firefighter one or your EMT uh, can be a good thing, having good experiences, but it that's not our number one thing. Uh, your character traits are, are much more important to us than uh, what kind of certs you have. Um, 
we here at Kirkland believe that we can teach you to be a good firefighter. Um, firefighting, while some aspects are, are kind of complex, it's not rocket science. Uh, we think we can teach you to be a good firefighter and good EMT, uh, but we can't teach you the, to be a certain type of person or have certain type of character traits. Um, so that's why I really want to emphasize that it, it really doesn't matter what uh, certs you have, what, uh, you know, if you have firefighter experience or not, uh, we're looking for people from all different types of backgrounds and experiences, age groups, sizes. Um, here in Kirkland, we really value uh, people from different backgrounds. Uh, if you look at our past hiring groups, people come from all different uh, career types and experiences. Um, and so just want you guys to know that that's something we really value here in Kirkland. Uh, so what are those characteristics that we're looking for in, in people? Um, I'm going to name three characteristics, and this will cover not 100% of everything, but it'll cover most of the things we're looking for, especially what our interview questions are aiming towards. Um, and those three characteristics are hungry, humble, and smart. Uh, I'll say it again, hungry, humble, and smart. And so what does it mean to be hungry? Uh, hungry has a lot of uh, to do with your attitude. Uh, are you a go get them attitude? Uh, are you ready to go above and beyond? Um, these are the people that show up early, that stay late. Uh, they're not complainers. Uh, they uh, show that they're excited to be there through their attitude and their work ethic. Um, they're constantly thinking of how they can pitch in, thinking of what needs to be done next. Um, they are a great addition through their work ethic. When you're new here, you don't know a lot of things. And so what can you do to add to the group is through hard work and picking up slack in other areas that you can uh, pick up slack on. Secondly, what does it mean to be humble? Uh, primarily, it means that you're able to take direction and criticism uh, and feedback well. Uh, that you have a good attitude towards uh, getting direction. Um, and no matter what your experiences are, even if you have prior fire experience, maybe you're high up in a company or something like that, when you come into Kirkland Fire as a new employee, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And so uh, you're going to be given probably more menial tasks and you're going to have to take direction from potentially an officer or firefighter that is younger than you, maybe potentially has less life experience than you, and are you able to do that? Um, I don't want you to think wrongly about what being humble is. Humble does not mean that you're not self-confident or you're not, do not think you're capable um, and that you don't believe in your own abilities. Uh, a good way to think about being humble is, uh, this is a saying that I like to think about, is humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less. So um, a humble person is thinking about others before they're thinking about themselves. Uh, they're a great ideal team player because they're able to look at the bigger picture and look at uh, the team over their own needs. And then lastly, what does it mean to be smart? Uh, this does not mean like book smart or IQ smart. Uh, it's primarily referring to a, a emotional intelligence. Uh, and so what is emotional intelligence? Uh, we want people that are able to hold conversations well, that aren't awkward. Uh, they're able to uh, know and read an environment and uh, know when to speak up 
or when to shut up. Uh, they're thoughtful in uh, their, their questions. Um, and yes, there is such thing as stupid questions. So like try to use your words well and know when you should speak uh, a lot or you should be quiet. Um, emotionally intelligent people tend to have good, maybe street smarts. Uh, they're easy to work with and easy to be around. You have to remember that in the fire service, uh, most of our time is actually spent back at the fire station. Uh, the big secret's out, I guess. Uh, you know, we go on calls together, we work as a team, and we come back and we live a third of our lives together. And so there, a huge portion of your job is to be a good team member and be able to live with other people in small quarters. Um, and emotionally intelligent people are able to do that. Uh, one thing I want to add in, uh, you know, I talked about being humble, uh, hungry, and smart. Uh, another attribute that we look for here in Kirkland specifically is people that are physically fit, physically active. Um, that is just something that uh, you look at all our successful firefighters here in Kirkland, a common thread among all of them is they have uh, a history of being active, both physically uh, and with fitness. Uh, if strength fitness is not something that's part of your life now, um, I'm not sure if Kirkland or if the fire service is the right fit for you. Um, this is a very physically demanding job. The academy is physically demanding. Um, it's very hands-on. Um, and so that doesn't mean that you have to be some sort of like Olympic lifter or like CrossFit guru. It just means that you need to have that as a, a primary thing in your life. And that uh, it could be done through a lot of alternative ways through like climbing or running and biking and skiing. Uh, and also show that in your interview. We are looking for people that have well-balanced lives that, uh, that aren't just about work or aren't just about uh, home life, but also they have a physical aspect to their life. Um, so those are three areas again, uh, being hungry, humble, and smart, uh, being physically fit. Um, and don't just say those keywords in your interview, uh, saying that you're you know, just saying, I'm emotionally smart or Emotionally intelligent is probably not an emotionally intelligent thing to do in an interview. Uh, we want to hear those things. We want you to prove that you're those things through your examples uh, of like maybe life stories uh, or work experiences. Um, don't just say, list out some attributes that you think you are. Um, and then another little tip with the interview process uh, and uh, Lieutenant Hernandez is going to talk more on this in a little bit, but I just wanted to add one thing is uh, to prepare. Uh, I've seen a lot, a lot of interviews and probably the number one reason that people tend to fail is because they are so dang nervous and it's natural to be nervous. You're going to be nervous and that's okay. And uh, how do you combat being nervous and how do you uh, be yourself and when you're nervous and high stressed? And that's done through preparation. Uh, if you do uh, get on the fire service, you'll learn that uh, you combat nerves through preparation, through training. Um, you know, how do firefighters go into burning buildings and all, all these high stress calls? We do it through training uh, and practice. And so any new hire that's trying to go through this interview process, I tell them, you know, there's three types of people that I see. There's people that don't prep at all and they can't barely get a word out. There's people that prep a little bit and 
while they have good content, they sound like a robot and they sound like they just memorized a, a sheet of paper and it's really hard to get to know them. And that's the whole thing is we want to get to know you in this process. And then there's people that really prepare and really put the time in uh, and think about themselves, think about potential questions. And those people sound natural and they uh, tend to do better in this process. Uh, so prepare, uh, come in, relax, be yourself. Uh, we're just trying to get to know you. Um, and I'll pass it on to Lieutenant Hernandez. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining us. I see a few faces that recognize from years past. Um, really appreciate you coming back and giving it another go. Hopefully uh, through this, you'll be successful and have a great interview. So I've been at the department about 14 years. Uh, I've been on the hiring committee about five years and I've sat on the speed round and the long panel interviews. So tonight I'm gonna talk pretty briefly about uh, some very basics of the interview, how to be successful. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about good answers and what we think are good answers for Kirkland. And then I'll mention a couple of things to avoid and then just a couple of tips that have worked well for me uh, when I was going through the hiring process. So the first thing for interview basics, uh, I'm gonna start right at the very beginning and that is be clean shaven. So if you're a gentleman and your job doesn't depend on you having a beard or a mustache, I would recommend coming in uh, clean shaven for the day. If you work in an environment where it's required that you have that, uh, be sure to let the interview panel know. Uh, we've had somebody come through with a huge beard, looked like they were on Duck Hunters. Uh, turned out he was an undercover narcotics officer, and so having a beard was required for his job. Uh, for the gentleman, wear a pant, or, uh, sorry, wear a suit. If you don't own a suit, go to the men's warehouse, spend $150, uh, buy a suit that fits, buy a tie. Uh, you're going to want to use that for all your interviews. That's a small investment in your lifetime of working for a fire department. Uh, don't feel like you need to buy multiple ties and you need to have multiple outfits with your suit. One tie, one suit, that's great. Uh, the panel is not going to remember what you wore to the first interview and ding you because you're wearing the same tie. For ladies, pantsuits preferred. Uh, think business. When you walk in, uh, if the opportunity is there, shake hands with the interview panel, introduce yourself, good eye contact. Uh, this is your chance to really set your first impression into the interview panel. When you sit down, sit down like you're at school, no slouching. Think of your teacher always harassing you, no slouching, sit up straight, uh, good posture, really engage with the panel that's there in front of you. For our panels, uh, the first one is the speed round, and that's about a seven minute interview. The second panel is about 20 minutes, and the third is 25 or so up to maybe 40 minutes, depending on how many questions we ask. Don't rush your answers. You're going to have plenty of time to, to answer the questions. I know seven minutes seems like it's really short, but just know we're asking somewhere between three to five questions, uh, and we're going to make sure that the questions are formatted so that you'll have time to answer them. <laughs> so in Kirkland, one of the things that we think is a really good way to answer questions is through the use of stories. Uh, we are not a fire department that is going to have a checklist of keywords we're hoping you're going to say. Uh, we do get people that come into the interview process and they think that they're going to get a point for all 20 words they come in and 
just start rattling things off and they're not telling a story. They're just trying to work through a checklist. We are not one of those departments. Those departments do exist, but once again, we are not one. So please don't do that. Uh, we'd like to think, or we'd like you to think of each question having two parts. The first part is going to be giving the answer. The second part is going to be giving us a story that relates that back to the question. We won't be asking any questions that are scenario-based, like what would you do if you saw your coworker do something illegal? We don't ask those questions because we don't feel like we can get a good um, idea of who you are and what your background is through those. So for example, if we ask you, tell us about a strength and a weakness, my hope would be that you'd be able to relay two or three good strengths, but then you would not only be able to, or you'd relay those, and then you'd come back with a story of how you use those strengths um, in your everyday life or in your current job and how those might tie in well with the fire department. If you get asked to mention a weakness, uh, I would suggest having that be able to be turned into a positive. So, for example, if your weakness might be you don't speak a second language, but you can spin that into a positive because you're working or you're going to community college and you're taking um, a class to try and get a second language. So if you have a weakness, try and turn that into a positive and tie that back into the fire department. Try and tie your current job uh, into the job of a firefighter, however that may be. I know that not everybody has experience and we're not looking for people that have tons of experience all the time, but everybody's job is relatable to the fire service on some level, whether it's your current job, you're working super long hours, you're staying up all night. Uh, those are things that we do at work sometimes, or maybe you're interacting with large groups of people in diverse situations. It's also very relatable to the fire service. It doesn't require having firefighter specific experience. So try and get good stories that tie your current job in to the department. If you've worked as part of a team or you play any sports or you've done that in the past, uh, I would definitely mention that if, if you can. Uh, like Captain Lim said, we are a giant family. It's like a team setting. We're here for 48 hours at a time with everybody. And it's, so, I mean, it's, I would say it's bigger than a team setting because a lot of times a team ends at the end of the season. Well, our season happens to be 30 years for the average. So you're gonna be here with a lot of people for a long time. Things that we would like you to avoid doing at our interview. And the chief touched on this, and that is website and annual report answers. I know that you will read um, our annual reports and you'll look at our websites and you'll get a good idea of who we are but please don't come in and try and recite those numbers to us as why you wanna work for us. We know how many miles of shoreline we have. We know we have six stations. We know we have five engines and a ladder truck. We get that. So do a lot of departments. So when you come in, tell us why it's specifically you wanna work for us. Uh, we yeah. hear people come in and say, this is my dream department because, and they rattle it off, oh, I wanna work for this chief. Then, well, that happened. And that person recited a chief that had retired a year before. They had read the annual report that was online. It's always one year old. So keep that in mind if you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna master the report. It's, it's a year old, everything's changed. Please avoid rambling to take up time. It's okay to be done a minute or two early or five minutes early if you feel like you got everything that you wanted to say out. Uh, and then remember that we're interviewing you. So if at the end, 
if the question's asked, is there anything you'd like to add? Please don't take this time to ask us questions back, like how much overtime do you guys work? How many Kelly days do you guys get? This is the time for you to have a good end statement prepared. I'd recommend 20 to 30 seconds. Is there anything you'd like to add? Why, yes, this is the reason why I want to work for Kirkland, or um, this is what's led me to the career in the fire service. Something like that, 20 to 30 seconds, a good story, end on a positive note. Some interview tips that worked well for me, record yourself and listen to yourself. So as you're driving around, record yourself on your phone, uh, do it at home, play it back, listen to yourself. You will hear ums, quirks, and so on, things that you say. And if they start to drive you nuts as you're listening to it, they will drive the interview panel nuts when they've been sitting there listening to interview after interview after interview. So listen to yourself, really work on those things. One thing I really recommend is after an interview, and this goes for any interview at any department, go out to your car and immediately write down every question that you can remember that was asked. Because pretty soon, if you're doing these interviews quite frequently, you'll see that questions pop up, same departments, or questions are worded similarly, but they're trying to get the same information out. So be sure to write down everything you can, everything you can remember, write down what you said, and then you can use that to go back and rework your answers and think about that stuff. Uh, think about stories that can be used in different situations. A lot of times, somebody's most stressful situation um, might be also a story of why they want to be a firefighter. So if you get into the interview and you see the question is why do you want to be a firefighter and you don't see what is a stressful situation you've been in, you know you've got a story that you can use there. So try and have four or five really good stories of your life, um, things that are pivotal to you or things that were pivotal in your life um, things that are very important to you and you'll, you'll be successful with some of those stories. I mentioned have a good closing statement. I think that's very, very important. Almost every department will ask, is there anything you want to add at the end? That's when you lay it out there. Uh, when in doubt, hire an interview coach. I myself was going through the interview process and I was getting through the third round interviews at places and I was always in the final third on every list and I wasn't quite getting hired. I hired an interview coach. I think it cost me about $300 and I went like top five the next three or four interviews in a row. So if you're struggling at getting through the interview process at any department, hire an interview coach. We want you to be successful. Uh, we would love to have you be successful with us, but if we can see you get hired somewhere else, we're happy with that too. We would love to have all 300 of you make it through the speed round. We don't cut our numbers down um, based on any formula. It's everybody that's a quality candidate and answers the questions appropriately and we think does a good job moves forward. So if we can move all 300 of you through, we will. Uh, so we would love for you to be successful. And with that, I'll turn it over to Firefighter Patillo. Thanks, LT. My name's Keelan Patillo. I'm in my fifth year as a Kirkland firefighter. Uh, last year, I was part of the speed round. Um, and tonight, I'll be talking about uh, what to expect after you're hired and how to be successful in your first year. And then I'm going to end with why I think the Kirkland Fire Department is such a great department to work for. So, if you are one of the lucky few to um, be 
offered a job by the end of this interview process, you'll be given a conditional offer, um, which is comprised of four parts. There's a background investigation, psychological testing, a medical physical, and a physical assessment. If you pass those four things, then you'll be given your conditional offer, which makes you a uh, conditional employee of the Kirkland Fire Department. The physical assessment is a two mile run with a cutoff of 18 minutes, a one minute max push up test with a minimum being 25, a 90 second sit up with a minimum of 25, and a pull up test with a minimum of one. So once you're given your conditional offer and you accept, uh, you'll be put through a 15 week academy. You'll then be sent off to an EMT class, which is five weeks long. And even if you currently have your EMT, uh, you will still be sent through that class. After the EMT course, you'll be um, onboarded here in Kirkland for one week of uh, Kirkland specific training. And then the remainder of that year, it's called your probationary year, which is about eight months long. And that's where you're gonna be working on a crew. Um, you'll be part of a team. You'll be on the line working as a firefighter, a probationary firefighter. So a little bit more about the academy life. Um, I really wanna spell this out for those of you who are coming from little or no fire background like I was. So the academy is physically, mentally, academically, emotionally challenging. It's Monday through Friday. You can expect 10 hour days uh, and then studying when you get home and on weekends. So with that said, with that intense schedule, you gotta make sure that your family and loved ones know the time commitment and know how important this job is. Um, so for those of you who have kids, uh, you gotta start thinking now um, for when you get hired. Uh, who's going to look after your kids while you're in the fire academy. Our fire academy uh, requires the probationary firefighter to be flexible because the location can vary. So sometimes uh, it's uh, here at station 26 in Kirkland. Other times it can be at different stations throughout the region. It oftentimes depends on what other departments we're sending our recruits through the academy with. So that could be station 31 in Woodenville. It could be um, pretty much anywhere in the region. With that said, do you live out of state? Do you need to start thinking about moving? Do you live 60 or minutes, 60 minutes or more um, out of Kirkland? And if so, it's important to start thinking about renting a room locally. I know when I went through the fire academy, uh, there were some folks in other departments who lived up in Bellingham or maybe down south in Vancouver and a lot of them were renting rooms uh, locally so on the east side of Lake Washington so that it would allow them a less stressful commute um, on their you know five day a week. Wearing bunker gear and SCBA is about 75 pounds of weight. And you'll be wait, you can expect that to be wearing that all day, every day for 15 weeks. Uh, and I don't care how strong or how fit you are, that will wear you down. So it's really important that you prioritize taking care of yourself, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. A probationary firefighter in the fire academy, we expect that person to be adaptable. So 
knowing when to lead and when to follow is crucial when you're in the fire academy. We don't want somebody that's constantly jumping in front of other people um, just to show that they're a leader. We also want people who are good followers that can take directions and execute tasks. The EMT school that we send you through is five weeks. Uh, it is very fast paced. It's about a 600 page EMP, EMT book that you need to get through. There's quizzes and tests every week, along with hands-on practicals, and it ends with the National Registry EMT test. After you successfully pass your EMT course, you're going to be a probationary firefighter on the line here in Kirkland. So a little bit more about what your probationary, probationary year looks like. Well, first I'm gonna talk about the rookie book. So the rookie book is uh, comprised of four sections and it's something that you need to successfully get through by the end of your probationary year. And it basically entails everything that uh, you need to be good at and proficient in to be a solid team member here in Kirkland. So it includes hose drills and evolutions. There's area orientation exercises. There's EMS knowledge skills and checks. Um, as a, a probationary firefighter, you're the ultimate team member. You're gonna be cooking and cleaning, fixing and doing it all. On top of all that, you need to be a sponge. So you need to learn as much as you can from whoever you can. So a little bit more on what makes a successful probationary firefighter. And a lot of these qualities can relate to how you will answer interview questions. So a successful firefighter is eager to learn. You're humble, but confident, like Captain Lynn had mentioned before. We want to know who you are and what you've accomplished. So you need to find a way to tell us about how great you are and why we should hire you without coming across as arrogant or embellishing a story. We're in these interviews all day long. And trust me, we want to be entertained. Uh, we want to see how excited you are about the job uh, and what, light, what lights your fire. A successful firefighter is not afraid to make mistakes, but is also able to learn from those mistakes and not make the same mistake twice. A successful firefighter is accountable so somebody who practices extreme ownership, who doesn't make excuses. A successful probationary firefighter is a self-starter, gets stuff done without being asked to do so. Captain Lynn mentioned uh, firefighters are physically fit, and especially here in Kirkland, that is certainly uh, an aspect of our job that we take pride in, and we wanna know how and why health, wellness, and fitness is part of your lifestyle. A successful probationary firefighter has good interpersonal skills uh, because a very, very large portion of our job is about customer service. So not only the EMS side of things, but also as a firefighter, when we're responding to automatic fire alarms, fires, uh, car accidents, think customer service. A successful probationary firefighter is a team player. And lastly, I think everybody has mentioned this, the Kirkland Fire Department is looking for well-rounded individuals. So, so a little tidbit from my experience when I was going through the interview process, I came from 
no fire or EMS experience. And so for me, it was important to kind of name the elephant in the room. Uh, so I remember talking about and realizing that, hey, I may not be the most experienced person that you interview today, but I know I'm extremely coachable. So like John was saying, you took a potential negative and you flipped it and you turned it into a positive. So a lot of you on this call, if you're on this call, you already know why this is such a great career. But the first thing I'm gonna mention is that it's extremely fulfilling. So most of you probably already have jobs um, that you are looking to get a, a change in careers. And we wanna know why. So what is it about your current job that's not filling your cup? Maybe your job's not fulfilling you, or maybe it was at one point, but it's not anymore. And we wanna know why. So another personal example, I was a professional soccer player before I became a firefighter. Um, and a lot of every at, at every interview, everybody wanted to know why I was looking to change jobs. Um, so it's important that you can explain that. Uh, if you are if you're on this call, you already know that this job is challenging every day. Every call can be different. And we want to know if you are a good problem solver. It's active. That's one of the things that I was looking for. I didn't, I knew I didn't want to be at a desk all day. And finally, there's a lot of different career paths within the fire service, and especially here in Kirkland. So I'll close with why the Kirkland Fire Department. Then I'll start with what everybody wants to know, but is maybe, maybe a, a little bit too afraid to ask, which is pay and schedule. So we have very competitive pay and benefits. Um, and that is in large part due to all the departments in King County competing with each other. A top step firefighter makes a little bit over $8,000 a month. And on top of that, we have a fair amount of overtime opportunity. Our schedule here in Kirkland, we work a 4896, which is two days on, four days off. So beyond that, I'm going to talk a little bit why about why I think the Kirkland Fire Department is such an awesome department to work for. So I knew for me, when I was looking around at different departments, I would one of the aspects that I looked at was the size of departments. And the Kirkland Fire Department is a medium-sized department. That's how I would describe it. So we have a little over 100 firefighters. Um, which for me is kind of in that Goldilocks zone, not too big, not too small. I knew that I didn't want to work for a big department because I knew I didn't want to be just a number and treated as such. I also knew that I didn't want to work for a department that was too, what I considered would be too small, where the career paths are limited. This, the size of our department influences our department culture. Uh, I had just mentioned that we're not just numbers. So we're treated as human beings. We treat each other, all the leadership treats everybody else as human beings and as parts of, as part, as a big part of the team. And that goes the same with our fire admin. Um, another aspect of the fire service that I was interested in, especially because I was, I came from no prior fire experience or military background. And one of the aspects that I was looking at was uh, how militaristic certain departments were. Uh, so there's some departments who are very militaristic and probably don't hold open houses. <laughs> and then there are departments like Kirkland Fire Department, where yes, we're still militaristic because it's uh, the fire service and that's paramilitary organization. 
Um, but we're rather low on that uh, militaristic scale, which for me was a positive. Uh, I think Captain Lynn mentioned that we hire quality people, which is true. It's why we're doing this open house today. We want everybody to be, to be successful. And it's also why our interview process is so intense. We wanna know if we can not only work with you, but can we live with you? Because as a firefighter, you're gonna spend a third of your lives in a fire station living with your coworkers, which is a very unique part of this job. Another awesome reason uh, that I chose the Kirkland Fire Department uh, is because we are in King County and King County EMS has the best EMS system in the world, which means that as an EMT, we receive the best training in the world. Lastly, I believe that our life work balance here in Kirkland is spot on. So one of the items that I looked at when I was looking at different fire departments was call volume. I knew that I didn't want to be run ragged and have to pack my lunch on the rig, knowing that I would never really even step foot in the station because we would just be running calls back to back to back. But I also knew that I didn't want to be at a really slow department where you hardly run any calls and get to practice the skills that we train so hard for. So with that, I hope that shed light on uh, your first, what to expect in your first year and what is so great about the Kirkland Fire Department. And I believe now I'm gonna pass it over to Anna because we're gonna go over some FAQ stuff. Thank you. So folks, this is your opportunity to ask questions. So, so far, either you, we nailed it and you have no questions or you're a very introspective group and you, and you just don't want to share. However, it's, it's, it's online slightly anonymous. So you introverts, now's your opportunity um, to ask any questions that you may have. I will, I'll start off by saying that, um, again, <coughs> that, oh gosh, sorry, my husband's sneezing. Um, <laughs> say hi, Danny. <laughs> uh, I'll start off by saying that we are recording this. So we're gonna put it on our website. And once we get that put up, I will send the link out to everybody who attended. So you can look back on this and get answers to questions that might come up again. Um, okay, first question. I am curious as to what initially attracted everyone else to Kirkland Fire. Who wants to start? I can start. Uh, when, what was uh, attracted to everyone? So like many of you, uh, when I was, trying to become a firefighter, I was applying everywhere. Uh, and it was very competitive. And I, I came to Kirkland because they said yes. <laughs> they were the only ones to say yes. But now looking back, if I could have told myself something, um, I wish I would have told myself that I, to look into the departments and look at potentially the different cultures and fields and uh, every our department is different, even with the ones that are close to us. And luckily, I'm so thankful and uh, just glad that I got on with Kirkland because that is the right fit for me and my personality and a lot of things that, uh, you know, Firefighter Patil was saying tonight. And um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know what if you guys want to say something, but I came here because they said yes. <laughs> yeah, mine's uh, very similar to Captain Lim. I actually was living in Oregon at the time 
I didn't really know anything about Kirkland. I happened to have two interviews in the same week, and so I was in the Seattle area. Uh, the first job that came open was Kirkland, and that's the one I took. And like uh, Captain Lynn was saying, looking back, I'm so thankful that I'm here and didn't end up uh, in the department that I had the, interview, the other interview with. Uh, we have a great culture here in Kirkland, and everybody is a really valued team member. And so that is one of the things that I think if you came to Kirkland that you would really enjoy and uh, you can thrive here. I would, I would add that Lieutenant Hernandez and Captain Lim's experience is not that unusual from the time of when they got hired. Um, uh, not on that unusual for, for when they got hired because departments were not hiring in large groups at that point in time. Um, and so with departments hiring in large groups, um, you have more of an opportunity to be thoughtful and selective in, in where you want to test and where you want to hire. Um, I think back to when I got hired, there was one spot and 800 applicants. And so the numbers are dramatically different now. And so, uh, I think you have the opportunity to, to do some research and, and look at departments that, that you may find are a better fit than others. I will tell you, knowing what I know about many fire departments, um, Kirkland's the best. I don't, you can, you can tell anybody we said that it's okay. Uh, culture wise, call volume wise, size, um, desire to train, um, the, the, the amount of, of open relationships, the, the, the friendships and the camaraderie that you see in the organization is, is not matched in many departments. Okay. Next question. Provided every prior stage is passed, what is the start date for the academy? So the start date is not a given. Um, it's not set in stone. It will be probably in August. If it's not the last two weeks of August, it will be the first week of September. Um, but uh, <laughs> because competition is stiff and because uh, we have some, some policies in the city that relate to hiring, you'll start with the city of Kirkland before the academy starts. Um, you'll start on either the 1st or the 15th, depending upon when the academy starts. Um, and you'll spend a little bit of time with us in the department before you go to the academy. And that's, that's a function of payroll. That's a function of us getting you in and giving you a chance to get your feet under you and get acclimated and get your bunker gear and uniforms and everything is, is, is taken care of and squared away, ready to go when you have to leave for the academy. And right, there's HR paperwork and insurance paperwork. Keelan mentioned that we have great pay and benefits and those benefits that most of us consider a little bit boring, like the insurance paperwork. We wanna get all that done before you leave and go to the academy. So those are rough timelines. It, everything could change, but it won't be any sooner than August. All right. During probation on the line, do you rotate through multiple stations or do you spend the eight months at one station? Uh, historically, uh, you would stay with primarily one crew, uh, but 
we've hired so many new people in the past year or two, basically every station is going to have a probationary firefighter, meaning in the past we used to put the new people at busier stations. And now we have firefighters at every station, both slow and busy. And so um, we don't have an exact plan yet, but likely they'll, I would think there'd be some rotation, uh, but that isn't for sure yet. So we're still figuring it out. Okay. Next one, is there a separate application that needs to be filled out for the city of Kirkland? Um, an opportunity to provide a resume letter of reference and cover letter before the interview. Um, I can actually answer that. Uh, quick answer, no. You don't need to fill anything out for Kirkland specifically. Your application uh, is from PST. That's That was your application when you sent your scores to us. Um, later on in the process, if you make it through all the interviews and uh, to the chief's interview, that's when you have to make sure that your personal history is filled out on your PST profile, because we use that. And then um, either your chief's interview is when you are asked to bring a resume and all of that kind of information. So if we need it, we'll ask for it, but otherwise, no, just follow the directions that you're given. Uh, next question, will your public- Anna, before you, Anna, before yeah. you, I wanna stress, follow the directions. Follow the directions, follow the directions. What Anna shares with you via email or tells you on the phone, follow directions. If you don't follow the directions that Anna provides, we notice that and we pay attention. So if you show up at one of the panel interviews with a resume and a cover letter, that's not a good thing. That's not going to help you. Okay. Following directions is part of being a firefighter. This is the first step in making sure you can follow directions. What he said. Okay. <laughs> Will our public safety testing scores make any impact on our ranking within the hiring process? Uh, that's another one I can answer. No, uh, I'm the only one that's seen your scores. I'm the only one that gets a list from PST. I'm the only one who knows where you fall on that list. And when you get that invite and when the panels see you for the interviews, they don't know any of that information. They just know that you're invited. Everybody starts on the same playing field. It's quite literal when I say that everyone's on the same level. So no, you are all equal at the beginning. Uh, moving forward to next rounds in the interview panel, assuming you might see someone on the panel again, is there any reason why repeating your same answers and responses from before is a bad thing? I can talk on that. Uh, no, it is not a bad thing. Sometimes it actually might be a really good thing for you. Uh, if you have an amazing story and you're able to get that out there, that might be the story that moved you from round uh, one or round two into the final round. So. If you have a well-prepared answer and it's the same story, feel free to repeat that. Uh, you will see some different people in different interviews. You might see the same face, uh, you might not, but just know that you're, if you tell the same story, you'll never be dinged uh, negatively from that. All right, your culture is a big thing. What is the one thing of Kirkland's culture that stands above the rest? That's a good question. My two cents, I'm not a firefighter, but my two cents is the support that we get, even as an admin administration at City Hall, the amount of support that I get from our chiefs and our other officers and firefighters in the fire stations. Um, it's, it's unlike any other place I've worked. I've worked in hospitals and patient care myself, and I've never had the amount of support that I have here 
Um, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a game changer. I'll uh, tag onto that. And I agree with what Anna was saying. The support is pretty amazing. We have people that decide they want to start a program. They have a passion for something or they have it in their background. And you'll see them put together a proposal, write it out, submit it to the chiefs. And more often than not, <clears throat> you're getting supported. And if they can work it into the budget, they will try. Uh, but you never feel like your ideas are just not good ideas. You're always supported in what you want to try and what you want to do. You want to I could add to that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so it, I think uh, that a big part of what our culture is about is that we as a group of firefighters are, are for each other and that I think we generally care for each other and there's a high group of quality people. Um, and so both officers and firefighters tend to get along well, and we're looking out for each other. And um, I just think there's a lot more camaraderie than I've seen or heard of in, in other departments. So yeah. Keelan, do you want have anything to add? Okay. If you personally know someone on any of the panels, do you get a different panel group? Um, yeah, so at the beginning of the day, I show the roster to the panels and they let me know if they know somebody who's coming in and I'll make a note and make sure that you go to the other panel because we don't want any of that kind of um, interference in the process. Um, are we allowed to bring a portfolio of interview notes to utilize before or during the interview or will our only reference material be the pre-interview opportunity to read the questions. Whatever you get to use will be provided. So for the speed round, you'll come in and you can look at and read the questions, but you won't get to take notes. The second and third interview, you come in, I'll give you a like sheet with the note with the questions on it, and you can write and take notes and use that in your interview as a tool and a reference tool. But anything else that you bring in, I'm just gonna ask you to turn around and put it back in your cart. Um, what does KFD's relationship with ALS look like? Well, if you if you're referencing specifically the working relationship between the paramedics and the firefighters, um, it's pretty outstanding. Um, the the Redmond paramedics are uh, highly skilled, highly trained, um, and they they put patient care first and foremost in everything they do. And our firefighters work hand in hand with them and probably unofficially probably do a few things in the field in support of the paramedics that are beyond uh, the scope of EMT work, if we're being completely honest. But it's a, it's a good real working relationship. And the, the paramedic program has evolved and Redmond has been investing a lot of effort into improving the relationship and improving access to training. And so... Um, I would say the relationship is outstanding, um, but I'll invite uh, Firefighter Patillo and Captain Lim and Lieutenant Hernandez to jump in because I don't go on very many calls. So I only know what I hear. No, okay. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to add on to that, that uh, the, we have such a good working relationship with the Redmond medics that we're actually going to joint um, staff a station with them. So you have the opportunity to pick their brains after every call, have dinner with them, um, develop a level of trust that then allows uh, you to do some pretty unique things in the back of the ambulance. Elin, did you want to chime in? Uh, the only other thing that I would mention um, is that we also have such a good relationship with the Redmond paramedics that if at some point in your career you decide you want to go the paramedic route, uh, we are currently able to take the Redmond paramedic test. Um, and if they uh, want to hire you, then you will then become a Redmond firefighter paramedic. Um, so that is still an option. If you, if that is something that you're thinking about in your future, um, you can still get hired here in Kirkland and still become a paramedic. Okay. Are the EMS protocols in King County similar to Thurston County? Well, I don't know the protocols in Thurston County, but I think that they're a little bit different. Uh, and I'm guessing that you're an EMT now, so just want to throw it out there that even though you're an EMT, you will still go to our EMT program, which is a five-week super intense program that's very heavily weighted into King County protocols. And so you'll get a good grasp of those uh, through that program. Yeah, the only thing I would add to Lieutenant Hernandez's observation is that a lot of agencies in the state of Washington are using King County EMS online for their CBT. Um, so if, you're, if your agency or your county is one of those departments that is using King County EMS online, the protocols will look very similar or at least familiar. Okay. We kind of answered this one, but I'll ask it because there's probably more to it. If if one wanted to become a medic, would you stay with Kirkland Fire? So in the short term, yes. When you go to medic school, you stay a Kirkland employee. Um, when you graduate from the medic program, you then become a Redmond employee. And the, you have the, if you don't, if it doesn't work in Redmond, if you decide being a paramedic is not for me, you have the availability to come back to Kirkland. Um, however, it has to be, I don't wanna be a paramedic. It can't be, I'm not gonna pass probation, so therefore I'm gonna go back to Kirkland. If you're having performance issues, you can't come back, but if it's simply, you know what, I made a bad choice, I don't enjoy the ALS program, you can come back to Kirkland. So. It, but you do ultimately become a Redmond employee. Will we be wearing our masks through the entirety of the interview? Yes, 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 yes. Unless you're told otherwise, and it'll be in like big bold letters with asterisks next to it, highlighted in red that you don't have to wear your mask. Assume that you have to wear your mask the whole time. We can only go by the county standards so much because we are a local government facility and our rules are created by our facility, not by the county per se. So our rules in city hall are still a little bit more um, 
cinched up than what's happening on with the rest of the outside world in King County. So yeah, you'll be wearing your mask the whole time. Is there a definite number of how many people that Kirkland intends on hiring for this hiring round? I was waiting to see if one of you guests, one of you two was going to jump in. So uh, we chuckle a little bit, but the answer is at least five. Um, no less than five, no more than eight is the answer right now. So that could change. We know we have to hire five for the uh, ballot measure to stay on our stay on track for our hiring plan over the next three years. Um, the wild card is who retires and who leaves. Um, if we have attrition and we have to hire some people for due to retirements, then we may hire a few more. But because we've hired two large groups back to back and we hired a group of four a, two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, like Captain Lim said, we have a lot of new people on shift. And so uh, we have to maintain a balance between experience and certifications and trainings and officers and drivers. And we can't dilute the workforce. We can't have a lack of experience that can create operational issues. So five for sure could be more. Uh, we won't know for a little while. Okay, and we don't have any more questions. Oh, there's one, just kidding. What types of advancement opportunity programs are available through Kirkland Fire and continued education, tech rescue programs, et cetera? Uh, there's lots of different advancement opportunities. Um, but I think you're kind of specifically talking about the education and the, some of the specialty programs. So we have a lot of different programs. We have a water rescue program. Our ladder truck has tech rescue, trench rescue, confined space. Um, we have a hazmat station. So we have lots of different avenues that you can pursue. However, um, you should pursue being a good firefighter for the first couple of years and really get a good understanding of uh, the city and the culture before you start going down those other avenues. Um, you will have tons of opportunities and your career can be as busy as you want it to be, but really focus those first few years on uh, our programs that we have, which would be getting through probation, becoming an aid lead, and then becoming a driver for the engines. Uh, we also have to add on to that we also have a tuition reimbursement program so if you go to get your you have to have a, a degree um, some form of a degree to be an officer in our department and so we do tuition reimbursement for aa degrees and bachelor's degrees pertaining to um, fire service specific topics but we don't do undergrad degrees and next question, will Kirkland only hold one academy from this hiring process or will there be another later this year or early in 2023? Uh, so we will be we will be hiring from this list for the 2022 academy. There is a there is a tentative plan to put five people in the 2023 academy. However, again, it depends on um, the feedback from our crews, uh, 
uh, and looking at staffing and looking at numbers. Uh, we want to we want want to maintain that ratio of of new employees to experienced employees. So that 2023 decision uh, will not be made until the end of summer. Okay, I don't have any more questions. I think I'll say we'll cut time at 7.55. If anybody has any other questions, type them in real quick. What will the hours of the academy be? Long and arduous. <laughs> they are Monday through Friday, uh, 10 hour day minimums. Most people show up an hour before uh, the academy starts. And then there's a lot the morning, of and the then to go through that. Yeah. Okay, any other questions? All right, doesn't look like we have any more questions, so we'll call it there. Uh, once again, we'll have this link put up on the website. I'll send you all the link to it in an email uh, so you can review it. And thanks for coming. Thank <laughs> you.